0: You're listening to the Packer Net Podcast Network.
1: Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. You come a tackle, you take
0: the defensive
2: end if he's
3: over If he's not, we drive down the
0: first man who is inside. You pull back
1: and get him. Take the first man outside, the offense. No one goes. You're right by this and field this side. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play. where we'll we're trying to get to a seal here and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley.
4: What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We got Tim live in Green Bay. We got a fun little show for you uh, guys and gals this evening. The chat's already lighting up. We got Don in the house. We got Shaw. We've got Zane Strong, Larry up in here. We got United Bates. Bates. What's up, guys? And, And Don said, listen, we're wasting no time, gang. Let's get right into it. He said, great football content. The players like Joe Barry, but do you think they need to respect him more? A lot of freelancing, lack of discipline towards the scheme. And he's basically asking a question there. Um, I think that's a fair assessment. You know, They do seem to like Joe Barry. And, again, when you see them play, Tim, I'm going to ask you this question and, and kind of steer it in your direction. When you see them not make plays on the field, Again, I watch the tape. I don't see a flawed scheme. I see lack of execution. Do you think that could play into it a little bit? Because I could kind of see that. You know how it was in school when you had a substitute teacher, right, that you could just kind of push over rather than the one that's going to – back in my day, they break the paddle out on you. But that's a story for a different podcast. Some of you kids would freak out if you went to school when I went to school, especially elementary school. But uh, they they would – They were looking for a reason to take out some anger on the child. I promise you that. But, Tim, what do you think about that, man? Do you think that there may be a little bit of that with Joe Barry?
0: Uh, I think so. There might be validity to that. Like I've said, I've seen Barry as a player's coach and a coach's coach. And, you know, that can be a double-edged sword. You want to get along with everybody you work with and especially with people that are technically, you know, answering to you or working underneath you. Um, that's a big part of it, but it's a fine line. You can't, yeah, you can't be everybody's friend. You can't, you know, you, you, you have to rule with an iron fist at the right time. So, you know, you're dealing with young men who make millions of dollars to play, you know, a game. So it's, it's going to be tough enough when it comes to things like effort and things like that with certain players, not all, but, but some, and I also think this is, uh, true across the board in the NFL. Um, a lot of teams, not all, but a lot. Uh, think they can win games on rep, like their like their reputation is going to win them a ball game. Oh, this defense is really stout. They're gonna they're gonna dominate, and they think that they can just kind of like mail it in, and that their reputation is going to carry them to a dub. And as we see, blowing a lead late in this game, that's you know kind of an example of what you know thinking that way can get you. So I don't know how. Uh, I don't know how to teach effort, and I don't know if that's something you can teach at the NFL level or if you should even have to at this point. But, you know, maybe it's not for lack of effort. Maybe the execution is, you know, subpar for other reasons. Uh, You alluded to this yesterday, Clayton. It is possible that, you know, it could be a little bit of both. It's not all on these players, and it's not all on Joe Barry. And uh, yeah, Joe Barry's the top dog when it comes to the defense, but um, you know it goes without saying this is a team game. So
4: yeah, no doubt about it, no doubt about it, man. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know the, the the thing I get aggravated the most in this conversation, especially on Twitter. And again, you shouldn't get aggravated on Twitter because you know 90, I think they said ninety two percent of communication is lost in transition when it comes to text messaging, right? And that's essentially what Twitter is. But when I hear people say Joe Barry needs to do more because he's got eight first-round picks, just because you've got first-round picks, guys, doesn't – you know, look at Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is arguably a top-five quarterback in the league. He was the last pick in the draft. To just sit here and pretend that, okay, a first-round pick is a slam dunk. And I know people immediately say, I'm not saying it's a slam dunk, but out of eight there should be some. Okay, we had two dropped interceptions yesterday. Want to take a guess who dropped them? It was two first-round picks. Right now, football is a funny sport, right? Quay was our best defender. Not only did PFF agree with that, but before PFF even hit, you guys heard me on the post-game show. I'm like, Quay had a good day. If Quay picks that pass off, guarantee you as an elite great again. He had that kind of day. He looked great. Um, But, you know, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. Let's go to Shaw real quick. Shaw in the chat says, I'm really excited about what Love is showing. Before people get worked up about the total yardage, they need to remember he had two 40-plus yard completions taken from him due to pass interference. That's a very good point there because if those do get completed and the penalty's not committed, you tack on 80 yards, right, 80-plus yards onto his total, it looks a lot better. Now, I will say this, y'all. Um, I came away from both of those games was they overly impressed with Jordan Love from a standpoint of, um, man, I feel like he's playing great. I th- I thought he played good. I think is where I would peek at. Now the the other thing about about how he's performed though, the one thing that you can't ask more of the guy's protecting the football, and I did not expect that because that was a knock on him his last year in college. Right, was decision making and that type of thing. Also thought that he done he he done a really really good job getting us in and out of good looks that first game. Now against Atlanta. I came away feeling a little bit worse about that. He missed some reads, but again, man, he's, it's his first year start and it's going to take some time. You know, Ryan talked about on his pod that, you know, that we, we need to lean on the defense a little bit. And again, you lean on the defense. Why look at all the draft capital that goes into that defense. Right. But just to assume, and not that Ryan is, but just to assume that, that a player is going to be good because he's a first round pick is you're setting yourself up to be disappointed. Right. Um, And again, some of, some of the worst plays yesterday were committed by first-round picks, and I want to say kudos to Rashawn Gary for owning up. Like that's one guy that's like taking responsibility, and and he seems like he is he is on on a mission to fix that. And uh, Tim's going to talk about that here in a little bit. But go ahead, Jake. What you got, bro?
1: I just interject real quick because we all sitting here talking about like why aren't our first round you know draft picks on defense playing well? We look at what uh, I would argue that Quay Walker has been maybe our best player on defense. Uh statistically he has been. For PF grades, he's had the best score for the last two weeks. And that's a massive year two jump. I, I would argue that Devonta Wyatt has looked okay. We'd like him to see, you know, a little bit more improvement. Um Lucas Vanessa, that kind of thing. Early round draft picks showing up. Let's look at a team if we really want to compare as to what the worst thing you could do would be, would be the Minnesota Vikings. If you remember they they drafted Andrew Booth and they drafted Louis sean Louis Seen is a fifth string safety right now for them and booth can't even get on the field. And I think there was another one of those guys like the crazy, uh, whatever it was. So if you guys really want to look at what a, a, a poop show looks like, look at that team and then compare it to what we have now and guys that are actually stepping up for
4: once. So yeah. And a one point game man, a one point, like again, after sleeping on it, you wake up and you go, you still have that feeling like, damn it. That one got away from, us. Right? <laughs> but you go, you know, if, if someone had told me going in there's a chance you get beat by Atlanta, I would say, duh, they're probably the better team, right? <laughs> like, like I, I would have seriously looked at it that way. I didn't I didn't go into that game saying, no, we're a much better team than Atlanta. And then you X out all of the people that didn't play, including David Bakhtiari, which there are some rumors going around we'll get to here in a little bit. I don't know. I hear we've got a new segment coming up. We'll see how that shakes out. Um, let's see here. We got uh, Daniel in the chat said, Jacob beat me in the Superflex league. Look at Jacob. Rat, bloat, man. You're supposed to do this, Jacob. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's see here. Uh, the number one Packer fan says, so in my opinion, I don't like Joe Barry as a DC, never have, and didn't like the hire from jump. However, I can agree that the players didn't finish plays. Again, you know, like Tim just said a second ago, their uh, number one Packer fan, it, it falls on both parties. And that's all I'm saying. Like when I go on Twitter and and today was just an absolute crap show, I'm sitting there just going like, how can you put this all at the feet of Joe Barry? That makes no sense. And someone had a thread. I shared it. You can go to my Twitter and find it. I mean, if you, if you comb through that thread, and watch those plays. And the guy, of course, he was a sarcastic a hoe. and probably a lot related <laughs> to him. But he was like, man, can't believe Joe Barry dropped this interception. Man, can't believe Joe Barry didn't break on this ball. Man, can't believe Joe Barry uh, got, you know, gave up three broken tackles, which, by the way, that that one off the edge was sad. There was three defenders that ended up on their knees facing the defender or facing the running, the the ball carrier. That's how bad the tackling was. And people say, well, it's his job to teach tackling. I thought we had a bunch of first-round picks. Are you telling me that Joe Barry should have to teach a first-round pick how to tackle? That Sorry, you can't have it both ways. You can't. They're literally
1: saying, like, you need to teach these guys fundamentals. Like, they're not in Pop Warner League, bro. This isn't the Little Giants. Like, this is the actual NFL football league.
4: Yeah, no doubt. Kevin Rogers in the chat says, I went to high school in Alpine, Texas, and they still were giving swats to students, graduated in 2009. Texas Texas will hold on to those – (laughs) Those type of things as long as they can. And, and I like everybody who's ever lived in Texas and came to Tennessee and visited or, or even moved up here. We've got a couple that lives next door. They moved up here from Texas, Um, asked them why they moved. They said it just got a little too hot for us. We were looking for a little bit cooler climate, but they said, man, you would love it. Just, just having a couple conversations with me. It sounds like Texas is an amazing place. Uh, for sure. I want to comb through real quick, make sure we're not missing anything huge. We'll come back to the chat, guys. Let's get right into the first segment here, and that is the PFF grade. You guys good with that? Yes, sir. Doesn't matter if you are or not. We're doing it anyway, okay? (laughs) That's how we're going to roll. Let me start that so we know where we left off. All right, so these are the team PFF grades uh, for the first two weeks, okay? So they're all in now. Of course, we got Monday Night Football going on right now, so We've got four teams tonight that are still playing, but these are updated before these two games tonight. And by the way, the Saints are beating the Panthers right now, six to three in the second quarter. Uh, but number one, the Miami Dolphins, guys, they look like they are looking strong, man. The way that they played that game against the Patriots last night, solid performance, 87.8 for them. Um, number two, you get the Dallas Cowboys, 86.2 with their 90.6 defensive grade. Uh, Number three, got the San Francisco 49ers at an 84.7, defensive grade of an 84.9. You've got number four, the Baltimore Ravens at a 78.8. Number five, the Philadelphia Eagles at a 77.2. Number six, uh, Tennessee Titans at 76.9. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at a 76.2. Detroit Lions at 76.0. Jacksonville Jaguars, 75.0. New York Jets, 74.7. New Orleans Saints, 74.5. That's a team we got coming up. Atlanta Falcons, 74.0. Washington Commanders, 72.9. And then the Green Bay Packers at a 72.6. So we dip down to 14th. I'm just going to count them real quick. Above us, we've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 teams above us. So right now we're in the ninth spot according to PFF overall grades. In the NFC, that's two spots lower than you need, or yeah, two spots lower than you need to make the playoffs. If we were to treat that as the standings, Jacob, what stands out to you right there with those PFF grades, man?
1: Uh, first of all, just Miami. Like, who really actually thought that? Everybody was so worried about Tua and his whole mm-hmm. situation. I'm really worried about Dallas. Its defense. All of a sudden, like, or not all of a sudden, just as a constant. San Fran, can you just go away? Can you just go away? I have another conspiracy. Ooh, we'll, make, we'll lean into that next week. I think Shanahan and Matt LaFleur separated at birth, and then we'll go into that later. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, I, you know, I I am. Uh, that's just a, a whole-rounded team right there. The Eagles of the Eagles, um, the Titans. The biggest surprise on this list for me is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because nobody, I'm sorry, Baker Mayfield looks like a new man, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about that, and uh, I'm, I'm okay with where Green Bay is. Um, we get a little bit of hate. I'm not expecting PFF to give us all the love, but hey, guys, we're one step above the bills. So yeah, I think that is like a you know whatever. if you want to say we're being disrespected, we're being disrespected just as, as greatly or uh, evenly as the bills. We're right around there with the Vikings and the the browns and the and yeah and, uh, and the Patriots. so <clears throat> not great, but I, I will accept it and I'll
4: go on. according to PFF, the thing we do best is pass blocking at a seventy nine point four. The yeah. thing we do worse is the run blocking at fifty five point six. Tim, I don't think anybody would disagree with that run blocking grade, do you, both?
0: Oh no, not at all. And you know, <laughs> how it's it's every so often you see teams that are just lights out and on both sides of the ball, like or I, excuse me, both respects when it comes to uh, your your blocking. Um, you know, most offensive lines are a little better one way or the other. Most offensive linemen would probably prefer to run block rather than being pass pro all day um, so you know the emphasis was made to protect our our new starter here so I, I understand and it's not that surprising that the run blocking has been a little has left some to be desired which could explain some of our struggles um, with the run when Aaron Jones is not on the field because Aaron Jones is dynamic enough that ineffective blocking kind of doesn't doesn't matter sometimes the way he plays but guys like Dylan and our younger backs they're they're gonna be affected more by uh the lack of run blocking so it's not super surprising to me
4: gotcha <clears throat> all right let's move on to the uh the game itself against the Falcons okay PFF grade um, overall the Packers got a 64.7 offensive grade 66.7 passing grade 58.2 again, when I when I seen the game live and watching Jordan Love play, I didn't come away going, he had a good game. I came away going, man, he left some plays on the field, right? And again, though, turnover differential, uh, protecting the football, that's the top priority. He accomplished that for sure. But a 58.2 according to PFF, pass blocking 70.2, receiving grade 73.9, running grade 69.9, run blocking 50.5. Defense, 60.7. Run defense. This is a rough one here. Run What's
1: defense. What's you got on the screen there, bud? What's that? I said we're just looking. We're not looking at the same thing, I don't think, on the screen.
4: Uh, the Atlanta Falcons game?
1: Oh, you're looking at that? Okay. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the run defense grade against the Falcons – tackling grade 69.7, pass rush grade 73.1, coverage grade 68.4, special teams 56.5. So the big thing there, run defense, 44.6. Man, just like last year, right, Um, carrying right over. And, again, why why did they grade out so bad? A multitude of reasons. I could show you clip after clip after clip of guys just getting absolutely pancaked. I could show you clip after clip of defenders on one play, three defenders got juked by Bijan and all three of them ended up on the, like facing forward on their knees where they literally just got juked and fell on their knees. I mean, it was, it was bad. So the tackling horrendous yesterday and PFF uh, definitely agrees with that. Jacob, what'd you think of those grades? Anything you want to hit on before we move on to the offense specifically?
1: I mean, as far as the grades go, I guess, no, I don't disagree with any of them. Um, like you talked about the... Uh, I, I don't know, man. I guess... Uh, do you believe that that Jordan Love has had a harsh criticism as far, like, overall? I guess we can get to that specifically. But as far as, like, the team grades go, um, I, I wasn't surprised by those grades. I was hoping for better ones and, and, right. and that kind of stuff. But it just... It's not exactly... It wasn't ideal. If you watched the Matt LaFleur press conference today, he just... He, dude, he seems... He does not have any time. Dude, he has no time for these questions anymore. We'll, we'll get into the first one that we talked about. But, like, you watched the whole, um, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, he does call out the offense or the, the defense um, multiple times. And it's, it's clear that that's not acceptable for him. Um, he also does recognize that the offense had its struggles. But, like, he talked about, like, what do you want him to do? Like, we had arguably our four best players out of that game. So those grades don't surprise
0: me at all, to be honest
4: yeah definitely tim anything you want to hit on there from that uh falcons game pff grade
0: uh prison matt that's all i gotta <laughs> say <Prison>. uh, <laughs> no just looking at the uh looking at the grades um yeah that's hot booty 44.6 that's that's not going to get it done yeah. um even the coverage grade was kind of low for our for our secondary honestly and uh that 56.5 special teams is even even the pass yeah. blocking i out argue was really poor even though it's little, like yeah yeah so but again we're two games in so right, you know. right.
4: it's one game and and what's crazy is when you look at those uh, once again just look at those scores right It looks bad we lost by one point on the road like that's encouraging that you could play that bad and only lose by one point which i think is somewhat a testament to matt calling the game But at the same time, I understand everyone who has made the point that they disagree with this clock management. And of course, he actually talked about that. I believe it was today. Rob Demosky actually tweeted about it. It's probably on the ticker at the bottom here in just a second. But he basically took ownership of them uh, getting that penalty and not being able to kick that field goal that we talked about on the postgame show. So. Just something to something worth mentioning there for sure. Let's go back to the offensive grades now individually. Number one, Jaden Reed, 82.9, fellas. 82.9. Excellent grade. Um, Dontavium Wicks at number two with a 74.8. Josh Myers at number three. And people go, whoa, Josh Myers, really? 67.3. That basically after Dontavian Wicks, it drops off bad. Yeah. Um A.J. Dillon, 66.9. Luke Musgrave, 66.2. And, again, when you look at the rookies, you know, if if a rookie finishes in the 60s, guys, that's a pretty good grade for a rookie. You know, like, if you look back on the past and how rookies have performed, if they perform in the upper 60s, you, you think, okay, you've got something there, right? You know, that's what we've seen with Eric Stokes. And then, of course, he took a huge step back before the injury last year. But uh, Luke Musgrave, 66.2. Um, Let's see, we got Yash, only 12 snaps, 66.2. Romeo Dobbs, um, 65.2. Samori Torre, 65.0. Elton Jenkins, 64.8. Emmanuel Wilson, 59.4. Zach Tom, 59.3. Had a rough game. Jordan Love coming in tied for 11th at a 59.3. If you had asked me yesterday... And someone actually did on Twitter, and my response was, I expect it to be somewhere around 63 would be my guess on Jordan Love. So a little bit lower than I expected, but in the ballpark, there were some people going, you're crazy at three touchdowns, no interceptions. That has nothing to do with consistency, right? It simply means he didn't turn the ball over, and he threw three touchdown passes, right? It doesn't mean he was consistent the entire game. Uh, But, again, I think it's something to build off of. Again, you protect the football. And and you you show that you can handle those situations and win that turnover differential. You're going to win more games than you lose. Yesterday was just one of those weird days where you win the turnover differential, you scrape by the middle late, you win it, and somehow you lose by one point, right? And it really came down to the fourth quarter. Uh, Tucker Craft 59.0, but only two snaps. Uh, this is what bothers me: Tucker Craft only getting two snaps. And then if you go down and jump down to the worst graded player on offense, Josiah Agora, <laughs> 41.5. Guys, you already say it yesterday, the uh, the Josiah Aguara experiment is over. And for those that are still saying, well, what I thought we were running San Francisco's offense, we have been saying it for two years now. This is Sean McVay's offense. This is not Kyle Shanahan's offense. They're from the same tree, same terminology, same uh, skeleton, if you will. We play more in 12 than 21. And I'll tell you why we play in 12 more than 21, because – Josiah Aguara has been playing cheeks and that's your fullback. Okay. Like you, he is no Kyle use check. I know we all had these great hopes that he would be that type of player. I w- I'm as guilty as anyone. That's what I wanted to see coming out of Cincinnati, especially with, with uh, Travis Kelsey coming out of Cincinnati and them having this reputation of developing and growing these great tight ends. Um, it just hasn't worked. you got to admit it was a mistake now. And if we're a young team and we're growing and we're building and all this stuff, get Tucker Craft on the field. Let's, let's see what he's got, right? The same thing we're doing with Luke Musgrave. That's kind of how I see that. But uh, uh, anyway, Jacob, what, what do you think about those offensive grades, books? Well, it's
1: not, uh, it's not ideal, but what I will say is that if you look at the top five, three of them are rookie specialty players that are unbelievably, like, I mean, I i am very blown away with, with Jane Reed. I think that he has exceeded my expectations. He just looks like a veteran out there. He looks like a guy when he caught those balls. Clayton, I wish we could have um, talked about this. There was one of those drives. can't remember exactly which one. It looked like he, they ran the same play to Reed three different times. Um, it was almost like a post-out kind of corner route. But they did it like on the left side of the field, right side of the field, left side of the field. And then I believe the last one was a touchdown that he caught. Um, and I don't know, you know, you're way better with the terminology and all that kind of stuff, but I would really like to see that. It almost looked like like when you play your brother in Madden, when they're like, you guys are both young, just same route, same route, same route, and then you're both <laughs> controller It's like, why, why did we stop? Why did we stop doing that? I'm very excited about T- Dontavian Wicks. I really do think that he should have caught that ball. Um, that was a, that was maybe Jordan Love's best throw that he made the whole game, in my opinion. It was an absolute dime just dropped into the basket and that was just
0: good good defense on that play i'm not putting that out there.
1: i was gonna say that that was really really it was a perfect throw perfect route perfect defense and so at that point i can't really i i can't uh i can't hate on that at all but um it's nice to see josh myers but like you said i've almost already put him in the position of like we got to replace him so even though he has one decent day where he's like in the top echelon of the crappy you know people like i i don't really know what more to think about that could you bring that up one more time clayton the uh, offensive grades so i can get the uh... when i look at jordan love i it's not that i disagree with this um at all really it's just that i thought that maybe i I was gonna say okay his run grade um and somebody commented about the fact they'd like to see him run more if you watch that whole (laughs) the whole uh matt lafleur interview they asked him what did you think about jordan love and specifically on the one where if you guys remember he ran out did kind of like a weird, it wasn't a spin move, but it was like a juke move where he left his whole body exposed. He took a hit, then kind of shuttered off and ran forward. And they're like, did you talk to him about that? And Matt said, yeah, yeah, I did. And I told him to stop that basically. (laughs) And and he's like, and he came back and he said that Jordan Love literally, he goes, don't, don't do that anymore, please. Like, don't do that. And he goes, well, I thought we needed a spark. And he goes, okay. And like, he, he literally acknowledged the fact that his quarterback understood that his guys will get riled up, get fired up, and that that extra little effort right there, and so it was it was cool to see that Lafleur acknowledged like it was almost that that Holmgren, uh far moment where it's like no more rocket balls, please, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm tuned up, like, <laughs> and, then, and it was the same thing. He's like, don't you thank God never farted, <laughs> and. uh yeah, and, and and that's the thing. Clint Green just said, I kind of love, I kind of like love doing some trash talking. If you have noticed this about love, which I did not expect, when that guy gets a little bit of a cheap shot, gets a little bit of a, a shoulder in him, he gets up and he gets mad, and then all of a sudden he gets tractor beam honed in, and I'm like, I'm almost like about it. Like, okay, let let the guy take a shot, and then watch him just go like that meme where he gets those laser eyes, and he just right. hones in. I'm I'm about it. I'm cool with it.
4: Yeah, definitely. Right, we got Cody Newberg in the uh, in the super chat here. Appreciate the uh, support, there, buddy. He said, "Maybe I'm late, but have we fired Joe Barry yet?" I just found out today he was DC of the Lions, zero sixteen team. Shaking my head. What year was that, fellas? Somebody remind me.
0: Three uh, years ago, twenty thirteen. No, that was twenty. I believe was it twenty nineteen. Was that recent?
4: I don't think or, it was. You I guys thought it was, oh, had to be 10.
0: one of our. Was it seventeen or eighteen?
1: I thought it was 2019, but I might be stupid.
0: I'm trying to remember.
1: X Lifeless uh, right. Man, that's a long name, bro. 20, uh, he says 2018. Uh, 20 2008. Good lord. Know uh, what
4: it was? 2008.
1: That's wow. what he said. That's what he said. Yeah, 2000, uh, 2007,
4: 2008. He was the DC. So, okay, guys, okay. how long ago was that? May help you. Okay. Yeah. So we we're. we're, we're over a decade. <laughs> Super chat, Cody. But everybody like to put pointed out that uh, that uh, Bill Belichick got fired in Cleveland, right? And then he goes on to create a dynasty. I'm not trying to say Joe Barry is is Bill Belichick. I know that's immediately the extreme some people would go to, but I'm just saying that's a long time ago, and it was one of the worst team. Will we all agree it was one of the worst teams in the history of the league? I believe they didn't win a game, right? Yeah. Like so. If you're telling me he had talent and didn't know how to use it, it's going to be a hard sell, man. It's going to be a hard sell with those Lions teams back then. But, again, thank you so much for the super chat, man. Um, All right, let's see here. R. Shower says, I think D.C. or Kenny um, have to become more vocal. I guess he's meaning Devondre Campbell. Uh, If it isn't Barry, I think it is then people's manhood has to come into question and has to come from a veteran who doesn't <laughs> suck regularly. It's funny you mentioned that because um, Tim is going to break down an article here in a minute that Rashawn Gary got very vocal, and it sounds right on par with what you're talking about that you're looking for, Showers. I think you'll enjoy that when we get to it. Um, let's move on to – well, Tim, did you get a chance to talk about the offensive grades? Anything you want to add there, Bob?
0: Um. Not really. Other than uh, while we're kind of on the subject of Jay Love, Jacob was talking about, you know, his, you know, attitude as a leader. I I just wanted to mention, I thought it was great that he stood up today and just said that uh, that busted sneak was on him and that he didn't give the signal, the signal word, the correct word. Um, So, you know, we can't blame Josh Myers for that. As a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. Uh, we'd be blaming Josh Myers if he did snap the ball and we ended up with a fumble or something. Ooh. So the fact that he didn't hear the code word and stayed neutral and didn't snap the ball is a good sign. So and it says a lot about our quarterback who could have easily took the old uh, you know, high road and passed it off or passed the buck, passed the blame without naming names, but he didn't. He owned it up o- or owned up to it right away. I think that speaks a lot uh to his uh credibility as a leader so just wanted to give jay love some props
4: gotcha definitely all right cody's back in the chat another super chat appreciate you cody he said no but i'm telling you he has talent now and doesn't know how to use it lol okay when you say he doesn't know how to use it what does that mean i'm assuming you mean put him in a position to make a play
3: right okay passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only? Exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase.
4: We had two dropped interceptions where the players could not have – you couldn't have put them in a more perfect place. <laughs> Jair playing the two on a cover six, right? Perfect spot for that sit that they tried to run. Hit him right in the chest and he dropped it. Quay Walker on a country quarters – dropping right down the seam, hits him right in the face. It literally hits him in the face mask, and he drops the interception. So when you're saying he has talent now and he doesn't know how to use it, what do you mean? Uh, And I'm genuinely asking, what what would you like him to do different in those situations? Because there's a lot of people that say, well, that's just two plays, Clayton. Okay, let's talk about the four contains that were dropped, okay, on read options. You want to talk about those? Because he had the defender – in the perfect spot, literally sitting in the perfect spot. Oh, by the way, one of the few times that you actually moved Rashawn Gary to the left side of the line, meaning you're expecting them to run the read option that side, so you put your best defender there, and Gary crashes on the running back. And if you don't believe me, go ask Russell Douglas, because when you watch the tape back, guess what you see Russell do? Russell literally gets up off the ground after make it trying to make the tackle, and Gary's on his back, and and Russell is literally doing this to Rashawn Gary, screaming at him, because he's saying like, how the heck did you break content? Like that was your only responsibility. Joe Barry put them in the perfect spot to stop that read option. But again, thank you so much for the super chat, man. Um, Josh Martin in the chat says you can't uh, super chat. Thank you so much, Josh. Can't blame Barry when players can't contain the edge or arm tackles. Drop two easy picks. I'm telling you, if you if you intercept one of those balls, you're winning that ball game. I firmly believe that. And and it, 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 I'm sorry, man. It's just it, it's best to just say hey, we're going to have to agree to disagree because I don't know what else you expect from a defensive coordinator other than to game plan and scheme. Now, there are people saying, "Well, they ran all over us, Clayton." That's on the defensive coordinator. Okay, if we're not missing tackles, I agree. the problem is we might've set a record for broken tackles, you know? And, and again, it it, is Barry 100% innocent and nothing to blame. Absolutely not. There's enough blame to go around, but to just try to say, well, we got eight first rounders. This is on Joe Barry. That is silly. If the, okay. You, two of your eight first rounders basically caught interceptions in the teeth and dropped it. I don't, I don't understand how that's on the defensive coordinator. But, again, Josh Martin, I agree, man, about the uh, the edge. I'm glad I'm not the only one that's I, watching the tape and seeing that. And, of course, the two uh, two drop picks. Go ahead, Jake.
1: Can I elaborate on that? Yeah, I was going to ask. So LaFleur was asked about that in the press conference. They said, well, what do you think about the Bichon Robinson, uh, well, I think it was like fourth and three. Where, so Bijan, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you guys can tell me if I'm crazy, but it sounded like from the press conference that I listened to him, from my memory that he was originally – lined up in the backfield, shifted out in a motion almost into like a wide receiver one. And that caused the defense to absolutely, you know, split. And it looked like we were in man up, man up coverage. And so the big dis on Barry now is that Devondre Campbell, who had to follow him, was 10 yards off. Okay, so right now, if you want to talk about that, there's a reason for that. Matt LaFleur went into it, actually. He said that what they were doing is they were running what's called a stomp slash rub route. Basically, what they were doing was doing almost a pick play so that the linebacker basically didn't even have a chance. If he would have been up on him closer to the line, like you guys talked about, he would have been picked out of the play completely, probably would have went for a bigger yardage. So uh, you have to give and take, you have to understand that this is a
0: chess game here. And when is there ever a good scenario to press cover with a linebacker? on a receiver? Exactly. And people are like, well, why couldn't you switch an audible?
1: It
4: happens in two seconds,
1: guys. You can't just swap. This isn't
4: Madden. You don't get to push Paul.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, and our shower says it right there. He goes, why would a normal person see we're getting absolutely knelt in the run game defense and not force Ritter to beat us in the air? They did not happen outside of literally one series. Well, that's because it's not that easy, because even in a run formation, if you stack the box, they can still kill you over the top. They can still right. kill you on the outside. They can still do anything just because you start running a 46 bear on the Falcons or some crap like that. Like <laughs> it's not going to stop them from absolutely. killing. No. But I, I, I'm, I'm sorry.
4: No, no, it's and listen, it, I respect people's opinion. Yeah, we can agree to disagree, it. you know? Yeah. But again, I, it's like I asked people on Twitter. They hit me with that. They show the screenshot. And, and it's funny because you can tell where it originates from because it's the same podcasters that do this every time there's a defensive lapse. And Carly, we're going to go to you in a second. I apologize. But oh, no worries. They, they immediately go to, well, we're just playing soft. We're playing soft. It's Okay, X that, that play out of the equation. Show me where they played soft yesterday. Because what I seen were people missing tackles in the backfield. Or am I the only person that's seen that? I didn't see the running back getting, you know, way down the field without getting contact. You seen people missing tackles in the backfield. But on top of that, you got a run heavy team. The, the, the name of the game is controlling explosive plays. Plays of 20 yards or more. If someone hits an explosive play, it triples your chances of scoring on that drive. So, when they come out in a 21 personnel or a 20 or a 12 personnel and they flex Bijan Robinson out, they typically did it in their 21 pistol. You flex Bijan out to the boundary. And, and it's funny, all we heard last year was we need to play more man coverage. We need to play more man coverage. Well, he comes out and plays man coverage, and boom, they flex Bijan out to the boundary and they walk Devondre Campbell out there. And all of a sudden it's oh, Joe Barry's a moron. He's got Devondre Campbell trying to cover on the boundary. It's like, okay, you wanted man. All right, now we got man, and now he's having to play eight yards off the ball. If you, I, I would love to be able to rewind and put Devondre Campbell on the, on the line of scrimmage and just say, press B, John. And when they hit you for 45 yards over the top for a touchdown, I, I would love to see people's reaction because I guarantee you the people that are complaining would not be on Twitter going, Well, I'm okay with that. They tried. Yep. They'd be going, What are we doing playing press coverage with a linebacker? That's exactly what they'd be saying. So, Whew. Boy, I tell you what. I didn't <laughs> single. Let's go back hey, to Cody hey, one more Clayton. time here. Well, actually, let's Clayton, maybe
0: Maybe when we should have dropped Devondre Campbell and, and Savage should have switched and Devondre should have been the single high safety. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> so the, the conversation on Twitter That's steered awesome. in that direction. I was going. <laughs> I know. Oh, I've heard everything. Here's I another. heard that
0: we should fire Joe Barry and Rich Passaccia should become the D coordinator. I, I heard that, that yesterday
4: i seen that exchange, and I was like, hilarious. Here's another thing, too. Someone said, well, that's why you need an extra corner in there. I was like, uh, an extra corner? So they're (laughs) running the ball down our throat. They go to 21 personnel, and you're saying we should go to nickel?
0: That doesn't make sense.
4: What are you like? Again, it's about containment. It's about controlling the explosive plays. And they did. They bled us dry. But it's either that. Now, some people were saying, I would rather Ritter have to take a shot over the top. I get it, theoretically speaking, kind of you know bird's eye view. That sounds better, right? A little bit better. But in the moment when you're when they're running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, gashing you, gashing you, gashing you, they go to a 21 set. Yeah, you're you're thinking, okay, damage control. They've got us here. And and here's the other thing, Tim. And I'm going to you, Carly, right now. I promise. At at that point, people said, well, they should call a timeout. Joe Barry should have called a timeout from the box. Joe. Joe Barry's now going to call a timeout from the box. Like there's officials. Like what do we? <laughs> First of all, show me where Joe Barry has called a timeout in the past. It's not like everybody on the sideline has the right to call a timeout. It doesn't work like that. You you have someone in Matt Lafleur's ear close to him every single game, helping him uh, stop the clock and kept catch personnel mismatches, things like that. That hey, look, we got a burn one here, Matt. It's not Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, who has the right to call the timeout. That's not how it works. Now, if, you're, if your argument is Matt should have called a timeout, if Coach LaFleur should have called a timeout, I can I can respect that. You look out there, you see Dre having to play eight yards off so you don't get burned over the top. Hey, let's burn one here. I get it. But if they'd burned a timeout, what would have happened? Look at us wasting our timeouts. But Carly, <laughs> Ray, how you doing?
2: I'm doing all right. How are you?
4: <laughs> We're doing good. We're good. And, again, it gets a little bit animated. Um, I'm enjoying the I'm enjoying the conversation. I'm enjoying the questions yeah. because these are the things that – they were the conversation pieces on Twitter. And, again, I don't think we're here to convince each other otherwise. It's just more or less getting your, your opinion voiced and, and that type of thing. And I'm just kind of giving you my angle. I would much rather play bend but don't break rather than let's put all the eggs in one basket here. And, and again, it's if, if B. John Robinson gets stopped on that slant somehow, some way, we're not even talking about it. But what's on your mind tonight, Carly?
2: I just have, I think, three quick things, and maybe you've touched on them already, but I got here late. Um, and I, I like the, not, not argumentative, but the discussion you're having, because that's kind of, I just have a question about the defense's side. I heard a lot of people talking about, oh, they were so tired. They weren't making plays because they were so tired because, the, you know, the, the Falcons offense kept them out there so long and our offense could was going three and out, so they never got a rest time you know, a break, but the Falcons offense was out there just as long. And we weren't saying, Oh, look how tired they are. And when our offense puts together runs where they are going, you know, 16, 17 plays, we're not saying given them, you know, given them leash because of them getting tired. When you need to make the play, you come up with the energy. So how much of that, if they really were tired, would be just lack of conditioning?
4: Yeah. I mean, it could be, it could be, uh, they, they, Do we see
0: hands on the hips? Well, I was just going to say that's the universal sign is the hands on the hips.
1: There there is a world where two things can be true at the same time. Joe Barry cannot be completely to blame for this defense's shutdown, but there are instances. uh, Goose talks about it, and, and sorry, Goose, that we didn't bring you up earlier. He says is tackling the problem, and if so, is that a coaching issue? Because like we talked about, the coaches aren't there to tell pro athletes. This is how you tackle, but it is to be reiterated in practice, and because practice makes perfect, you need to you need to practice these things so that they stay honed. You know what I mean? You can't be an expert tackler and then go a year without doing anything in practice, and in games expect you to just be this all star player. So I will admit that there's a balance there. Like if, if 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 Barry is not letting these guys hit, or if that's a Lafleur thing, or whatever the case is, there is some blame on the coaches somewhere. If these guys aren't educated the right way, if they're not taught the right way if they don't have the motivation like carly talked about but i i don't know i didn't see hands on the hips necessarily i don't know if you guys saw that but that is the thing did you see that tim
0: no i don't i did i don't remember seeing it and you know carly brings up a very valid question like could this possibly be a lack of conditioning kind of thing and you know coming straight out at we're, we're only a few weeks removed from camp so you would think like after camp and OTA, like guys would be hitting the season, like, you know, full steam ahead here. I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessarily that they were tired. I think it's demoralizing um, at times when you have to go back out on that field so quickly. Um, and it has nothing to do with the physical side. I think it's, it's the, your football spirit and your football mentals get kind of uh You know, they get kind of bogged down, you know, because it's not necessarily just the physical rest. It's the mental aspect of having to go right back out on that field after a three and out and maybe do that more than once or twice in a row at times that can really kind of, I don't know. I don't even know what the word is. Fluster. It can fluster a defense, maybe kind of throw Mm -hmm. off that rhythm. I don't know, Clayton, maybe you could speak to that. I don't I don't know if I'm even onto something here or not, but I, I, I don't think it's necessarily conditioning.
4: Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think it is either. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it, it like you said, it's demoralizing. I mean, they were they were just gashing them. Matt Lafleur said it over and over and over. I'm telling you, I'm going to show you something real quick, and then Carly, we'll get to your next comment here. This is this is a good example. I want you guys to explain to me, and and Cody, you guys in the chat here, whether you think this was Joe Barry's fault. I want you to watch this play. Can you guys see the screen? We got it. All right, I want you to watch Jair Alexander here. Okay. All right. Right down here is Bijan Robinson. Okay. He's got the ball. You see these guys are trying to set the edge. First of all, kudos to Savage right here. Watch Savage try to attack Drake London. Bang. He's fighting. He's fighting his rear end off to try to get over here and fill this gap and stop Bijan. Watch right here. Watch Jair Alexander. For those of you who think he, it's unfair that he got a 55.0 PFF grade, watch him on this play
0: watch oh, look good. look look okay so what do we see that's over pursuit and then he loses the ball carrier he can't mm-hmm. locate the ball carrier
4: and he does not want I see any lack of effort that action
0: yeah I see lack of effort I see, <laughs> I, don't see even... I think it looks like that Jacob but to me what I see is I see him over pursuing and then he's he's out of position and now I can't see where did he go that's what I see I can't see the ball carrier now because I'm out of position because I over-pursued. I don't know if it was lack of effort. I think it's just heads not, not in the game at that, that moment, maybe. Or, you know, misdiagnosis.
4: Yeah, I don't you know. It's funny. Jacob thinks it's lack of effort. Tim thinks he's over-pursuing, and I think he's scared to death. <laughs> like, like, I love a show like tonight, boy. <laughs> like, uh, he is, he is like,
2: the shortest kid there, isn't he?
4: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And, you know, it's funny. It, it reminds me of coming back into the house after an argument and having to take the trash down to the curb and not wanting to face Mandy. I'm walking in the house like I ain't want no part of it. (laughs) Get away from her. Andy's
0: the best. Don't don't I'm with you, Clayton That's disheartening to see like, I don't know, like eighty or ninety million dollars worth of talent on the field in that clip. And that's what happens. But
4: Yeah, definitely. Carly Ray, what else you got?
2: Um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but the one thing I saw that did make me a little bit nervous about Joe Barry is that there was oh, there was a moment where the cameras cut up to him in the booth, and he had just called a play down, and then he was wringing his hands like he was manipulating yeah, his hands right. back and forth over and over. And I He's saw like, that, and I was like, "Oh, he is not comfortable with <laughs> what he is doing right now." <laughs>
1: That yeah. oh, was well, kind of funny. I saw that. I really I did. Need I
4: that that it. It sure. like, oh, we we need to turn that into a gif or something, right? A meme. We need to, we need to have it for a meme. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, it, nothing went right on defense. Like, that first half, I mean, it wasn't horrible. But when you got into the second half and one <laughs> dropped interception, a second oh. dropped interception, it was just like all the missed tackles. I, I'm, I don't know, man. I would have lost my mind. I would have <laughs> lost my ever-loving mind. Um,
2: But the crazy, but Clayton, I think if you guys find it, and I can look back for it too, that, I believe that happened before they were actually in trouble. I think they had just called a few really great um, plays that had kind of contained Bijan, and then they went after another one of the guys on their offense, and they (laughs) ended up taking him out of the game. And so I think they were doing well at that moment, and so that's what made me nervous.
4: Got it. Got it. Our showers in the chat said that hand thing looked crackish. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay, laughs> I got I to hit you with it right here. Here we go. Where's it Uh-oh. at? No. Gentlemen,
1: Which brings me to my next point? Don't smoke crack.
4: There you go, <laughs> There's your, uh, <laughs> your public service announcement. <laughs> you, got
2: any,
4: you, got, you got anything else, Carly?
2: My last question, and you guys may have already talked about it. Did we ever figure out what happened with the delay of game for that um, field goal?
4: You know
1: what's hilarious? Matt LaFleur was asked that, or no, Matt LaFleur brought that up in the press conference. He goes, I'm surprised you guys haven't asked me about the delay of game. (laughs) And literally everybody was like,
3: oh.
1: And uh, they did not address that. He didn't actually address it either. He just said, uh, He didn't call a timeout. He didn't call a timeout, and the the play just kind of was lazy, and that they just were lackadaisical. And that's another, like, Go ahead, Tim. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Jacob. Go oh, ahead. You're I was just going to say it was just it was, they said it's a learning moment, so that was
0: it. Yeah, I thought the real question that should have been asked was why, 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 we- why is it, why is 56 yards in a dome too long when Anders hit a 57 yarder outside in the in the preseason?
4: Oh, that's, oh, that's no. my question. Somebody actually messaged me. Keep talking. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but someone messaged me about that very thing. And they said that he was coming up short pregame. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm going to see if I can find it because I, that really caught my eye. We okay, had well then, There we go. The see, there,
0: now we have more information. So now now I feel like yeah, a jerk we, for asking that go. question.
4: This came from 1265 Lombardi Avenue. Not Lambeau, but someone on Twitter. He messaged me and he was there in-house. He gave me like 12 things he noticed. Sitting right behind the bench, he sent me an awesome, uh, awesome camera shot. Like he had really good seats. Awesome. He said Carlson was also showing he was coming up pretty short during warm ups. It was obviously short a couple of times, maybe something there. And why Matt LaFleur opted out of the first long field goal, not sure. That's one thing that the coaches <laughs> do pregame is they watch the kickers and they get their their distance set up for that stadium that day. You know, every, every day is a little bit different, right? right. And they kind of look at, okay, here's our long, here's where we feel really good, right, about the distance. So um, that caught my eye a little bit. And, again, he sent it after the game, but I trust his judgment there. He seemed like uh, from the pointers he posted, he was very, very aware of what was going on. But uh, that may have, may have had something to do with it, though. So. Keep
0: an eye on that left knee on that plant leg. If yeah. he's losing, you know, maybe, I, I don't know. That's the only thing I could think of.
4: Very good point. Very good point. Carly, you got anything else for us?
2: No, I just hope that uh, the delay of game, I mean, Matt's, what, it's his fifth season now coaching the Packers. So I really hope it's not a learning moment for him. I think, I hope he just fixes it.
4: <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, as fans, that's that's what we want, right? I don't care how you, I don't care who's to blame, to be honest with you. That's what's funny is everybody's now, it's Clayton's just a Joe Barry defender. No, I, if it's Joe Barry's fault, fire him, get him out of here, and fix it. But, again, yep. it was Dom Capers' fault. It was Mike Pettin's fault. Now it's Joe Barry's fault. And I'm sitting here looking at maybe we need to kind of reassess the way we draft in the first round where we're focused on athletic score as opposed to people with high football knowledge, right? And I'm not suggesting mm-hmm. that, that these guys aren't smart football players. I'm just simply saying when you put a priority on that as a first rounder, maybe that's playing into it. I don't know. Go ahead, Jake
1: wasn't that something crazy like the last 20 out of 24 first-round picks have been on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, it's yeah. somewhere around that. I mean, that to me – like, And know, all of
4: them had RAS scores of over 9.5. Of, of
1: over 9. Yeah, exactly. And it's like yeah. maybe <laughs> – you hear that quote, what do you always say? We're not uh, – we're building a team, we're not collecting talent or something like that. Isn't that what you mm-hmm. say, Clayton? It's like yep. maybe we should start like, – we look at a guy like Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua went almost undrafted because his RAS was absolutely booty and then all of a sudden, this guy shows up, and he looks like Devonte Adams out of the yes. gate.
0: We got to start because with the the, the yes. rule is right there in the word, in the term, right? Relative. It's all relative. Yes. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to sign the
4: clip because pre-draft I was breaking down wide receivers because I felt like that was a need for us, and of course we mm-hmm. go out and draft two, um, actually what three or four. Um, but that Puka Nakua, I came across him. I said, "There's a name to remember, guys." PFF grade through the roof. This dude looks like he's going to be a stud sunk in the draft because of r a s because of you know the athletic profile now he's out there looking like the perfect complementary target to the l a Rams that seem to have caught people off guard this year so uh, just a smart football player good hands good he just he's kind of that adam thielen type where he doesn't pop off the screen but he's always going to be in the right place he's always going to play hard he's always going to have he's he doesn't do anything great but he doesn't do anything bad you know he's just steady eddie so Carly Ray, we appreciate you calling in for sure.
2: Yeah, you guys have a good one. Thanks so much.
4: You too. Hon. Thanks, thanks, Carly. And that was Carly Ray. All right, let's get back to these uh, super chats real quick, man. This show has flew by. Goodness gracious, yeah. Josh. Or I'm sorry, Josh. We're going to come back to you. There was another one up here I missed. Okay, here we go. Cody Newberg said, "I wish I could expand." LOL. But there were zero in all caps adjustments made out of the soft two shell. Those picks. Both subsequent drives resulted in touchdowns. I disagree with you again, Cody. I'm going to show you a graphic on the screen here. This was the first interception, right? This was the only interception right here. I'm going to to drop your super chat down for just a second. And, again, thank you for the super chat. But this was the pressure by Kenny Clark. Notice there are not two safeties safeties on the shelf. We were playing single high in this look, right? And we played single high a good chunk of the day. Now, again, people – that hate Joe Barry will find the handful of plays that show two on the shelf. Notice it's always the all 22 and it's never showing down distance situation. That's why when we do chalk talk, we walk it in order through. These are the most important plays at the most crucial points rather than cherry picking one play. I'm not suggesting you're doing that, Cody. I'm saying that's what a lot of people do online. They'll cherry pick a play and say this one right here. See, look, told you they're playing. They're playing soft. Now notice this. People will see the corner on the X there and say, why is he playing so soft? Okay, so you're just going to disregard the slot? Look, look how tight the corner's playing on the slot there.
0: Right? But if you're if you're single high safety, you gotta you gotta have you gotta play a little soft That's when true. you're on the boundary, right? I mean, you got no help back there.
4: And what you were playing here, and they flexed the T out, which was Bijan. They flexed him out, then bring him back in and then sent him back in the flat. They were gathering information zoner, man, zoner, man, zoner, man. They were playing zone on this play to the best of my knowledge. It was a cover three zone match is what they were playing. And, again, Kenny Clark, pressure in the three technique, forced the errant throw, and that's the one that Rasul Douglas right over here on the left side, I don't know if you guys can see my cursor, probably not, on the far left, that corner was Rasul, jetted over in front of that choice route and picked the ball off. So, again, I'm not saying they didn't play too high shell. I know they played too high shell. I've seen it from time to time. But again, to and I'm not saying you're doing this, Cody. But a lot of people are just assuming all they're doing is playing too high, soft, BS. The you you mix and match, you make adjustments as the game goes on. And, And the way I look at that, man, I mean, honestly, the way I look at it is real simple. When you look at how the defense performed yesterday, they were bend but don't break, bend but don't break. They bent all day long. You never seen them break for the huge play. They bled you to death. And all we needed was one of those interceptions picked or maybe even just the first down. That's the other thing that drives me crazy is they are not mentioning that, if I understood correctly, we gained 14 yards on offense in the fourth quarter.
0: Right. Nobody's calling for LaFleur to be fired.
4: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And nor are we, right?
0: Yeah. Nor should we be.
4: How the heck are you trying to fire coaches when you lose by one point on the road without your starting left tackle, your starting left guard, your starting number one wide receiver? How How is that even a thing? Like, I, it just blows my mind, man.
1: Real quick, too, also, Jake of, uh who I love, who I think is just awesome. Also, he says, too high safety – I'm sorry, two high shell quarters doesn't always mean that there aren't good run fits in place. And that's just
0: – that's true. That yeah. is a great point.
4: And, Absolutely and great point. And Jake, Jake will attest to this. Here's the key to that type of defense. Josh, I'm gonna to get to your super chat, buddy. Here's the key to that. The safeties have to be able to play top down in the run fit. Yep. It just so happens that our safeties have sucked the last two years. Okay. I'm just being real. Like they they are not great tacklers. Um, so when you're when your safeties can't make tackles, now if the argument is, well, your safeties suck, you need to adjust the scheme, touche that maybe there is an adjustment that needs to be made there not in the middle or, of the game
0: or just an adjustment to what you're calling from your scheme maybe maybe right. it's just the play call adjustment not a whole overall whole overhaul of the scheme maybe we just call call the games a little different
4: right yeah and, and it is the thing it, it, yeah, I, I now I've gotten in my head I haven't even seen it but I've gotten in my head Joe Berry going
0: <laughs> You know you know what you know what I thought when I saw that I thought he was thinking of you know having him some ribs and maybe <laughs> some chicken wings and oh. you know maybe some of those cornbread muffins I think I think he was kind of oh. just licking his chops a little bit in that shot
4: Which reminds me want to give a special shout out to our sponsors <laughs> Old Southern Barbecue Smokehouse they've got five locations for you guys and gals in Rice Lake Hudson, Arden Hills, Minneapolis, and Shakopee. It was absolutely awesome seeing people tweet out pictures and send us pictures in. Going, hey, I got a chance to drop by. Hey, I actually have them cater for me. That's right, they do catering. So if you plan on staying at home for the ball game and you're near any of these areas, give them a call. Um, Google Google the number. Give them a, give them a buzz and say, hey, what would you charge to cater for fifteen? To cater for ten, whatever it is, they'll take care of all that for you. Awesome ribs, awesome brisket. Like, uh, like Tim mentioned, the cornbread muffins, they say, are out of this world, multiple sides, all that good stuff. Now, if you're at a distance, right? and you uh, you love cooking at home, you love running the smoker, you love grilling meats, make sure you check out their website, OldSouthernBBQ.com. That's where you can find their barbecue sauces. They've got four different flavors. They've also got some awesome rubs. They've got some really sweet bundle package. I'm telling you right now, for the stuff that's in those bundles and the price that you get it before our promo code discount even, you can't get in the store for that price unless right. you're buying the cheap stuff, unless you're going value time, baby unless you're (laughs) one of those ultimate cheap brands, but they do a phenomenal job. Uh, Again, if you go to their website, OldSouthernBBQ.com, type in the promo code Packernet15. That's capital P, Packer, capital N, Net, one five, no spaces, and that'll get you 15% off of your order. Again, that's Old Southern Barbecue Smokehouse, um, OldSouthernBBQ.com. Appreciate them sponsoring the show. All right, let's make sure we didn't miss anything. I think we had Josh Martin had a super chat. Here we go. Easy fix is the players play within the scheme and make the plays. Coaches can call great plays. Won't matter if the players don't make the plays. If there have been people out of position, if, if Desmond Ritter converts that first down pass over the middle, right, and there's nobody in there, you would be hearing me say there's a scheme problem. There's no way that guy should be open going across the middle right there. I'd be the first to say it. You have multiple bodies in there and dropping interceptions, I think you're spot on, Josh. And it doesn't apply to every situation, right? It doesn't apply to every situation, just that one specifically in my opinion. So, um, all right, let's get to the next topic here real quick. we kind of fallen behind on that. We hit on that. Just, I'm going to briefly cover special teams, okay? Special teams, great. I've seen this on tape outside of the personal foul. If he hadn't got the face mask call, he's probably in the mid to upper 70s. But Jonathan Owens – is, is arguably our best special teams player this year. You're seeing it week in and week out now. He had a 68.7 on special teams. Look at number two, Carrington Valentine. I won't go any further other than long snapper Matt Orzik, 55.5. That's what we refer to as Cheeks. That is Cheeks. So, Long snapper, a little bit shaky. We, we, you heard us talk on the post-game show about the high snap that got handled by Daniel Wheelan, right? Uh, which I'm telling you right now, that boy can boom dude, the football. That man.
1: guy can boom,
4: dude. Yeah, and he's a, a great holder. It seems like they found him one. Well, I'm excited about having him on the team in the future. Um, but, yeah, as far as special teams, that's kind of what stood out to me um, there. Let's do this. Jacob, we had a uh, a little bit of, a, I guess, a conspiracy, right? There's been a lot of talk. About David Bakhtiari and Matt Lafleur got asked about it today, but uh, this kind of prompted, you know, why don't we why don't we start a new segment here? Why don't we kind of deep dive into some of these? You, ever, you know, you, you ever hear stuff on Twitter when it comes to the Packers? You go, is that true? Did that really happen? Mm-hmm. We're gonna have a segment added in where we hit those tough topics, and that's this is this is where we're gonna get into it right here. We're gonna call it. That's right. It's Jacob's conspiracy corner. All right, I'm excited about these. We may not do it every episode, but when things a hey, when the time arises, we're gonna do it. All right. Jacob, would you like me to play the sound bite from Coach LaFleur to kick this thing off? I would, Clayton. All right. So, here was Coach LaFleur today when he was asked, do you think Bakhtiari missed that game in protest is essentially what they were asking because of the turf? It's going to be a little bit low because the Packers media team
3: sucks. I'll say it again.
4: (laughs) And they don't know how to – well, you can hear the music just fine, but you can't hear a damn thing they're saying. But here we go. Here was Coach LaFleur.
3: I'm sure this would be easier on you if Dave would have just talked to us and explained it after the game. But did he not play because it was a turf game or because he had a – or issue that popped up last week. Well, his knee is injured, I and mean, there's swelling. So,
0: if that game's played at Lambeau Field, is he able to play or not? I don't believe
3: so. Just to
0: clarify, is this it? A- I'm not talking about it. That's it.
3: Just to clarify, I'm done talking about it.
0: About the knee, like, this? I'm not talking about it. With the elbow uh, injury that just
4: surfaced, just – were- All right, there you got it. You sure about that? that? You uh, sure that? about that? Jacob, take <laughs> it away. Give us some background here. What is going on with David Bakhtiari, man? What do you What do you think is, is actually happening here? And well, let me do this real quick. Uh, our Showers in the chat said, hey, now <laughs> – let me find it here. He said, hey, now, Alex Jones is right well over 65% of the time um, – <laughs> Listen, I got first of all, let me hit it for you. Sixty-five percent. Sixty-five percent. I've got to say, our showers—the guy is outrageous. The way he is animated, and some of the stuff he said, I'm like, this man is not sane. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be damned if some of that stuff hasn't come true. I'll just leave it at yeah. like that. All right, yeah, but, Jacob, go ahead, sir.
1: Here's what I'll say. Um, I think that honestly, my conspiracy theory has almost about a sixty-five percent. Over fifty percent to be true, and I'm just leaning. Up. <laughs> I, I'm just looking at you. Did you guys look at Matt Lafleur's body, like his, his 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 gestures. You ever watched somebody and they look at them? His eyes were darting back and forth. He did not want to answer that question. And I will say that it would have only cost the NFL twelve million dollars to convert every single one of their fields, grass fields. do the same thing when they have a soccer team fly overseas, why would they not do it? And Elton Jenkins is supposedly on track of saying that he messed his knee up or whatever he did because of the uh, the turf. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Also, if you guys really want me to be a little crazy here, Matt LaFleur's name in French means the flower. What's the state flower of Wisconsin? Wood violet. What's also violet? Purple. Matt LaFleur is a Viking plant. I'm telling you the truth.
4: (laughs) (laughs) He sounded like Alex Jones. (laughs) Oh, my God. that my Jacob's friend,
0: conspiracy corner <laughs> you go.
4: Tim please help me here man um
0: <laughs> okay I got a conspiracy theory
4: oh god I, I was hoping run run, back.
0: <laughs> run to play run to playback right before Big E left the game and you can see AJ Dillon falling on his knee as he's rumbling and stumbling that's that's yeah. my that's at least that's what I saw um there, that doesn't mean, like Jacob said, both things can be true. Maybe he, he, rambled, he still got. But he hung rumbled
4: up. and stumbled. <laughs>
0: you know, there could be truth. Maybe he got hung up in that in that uh, fake carpeting um, of a field, also. But to me, I, I don't know. it Looked like AJ kind of clipped clipped him in the knee inadvertently as he was uh, stumbling forward. So,
4: yeah. Goose says the Packers media team is unwashed cheats.
3: <laughs> Goose. This is comments so, so like, Nick Realtor has
4: a special request here. He says, You're not gonna call it. Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> you sure about that? My knee, oh, my knee. My knee. Yeah. And yeah, showers in the chat and says, Oh, he looked pissed. I have been put in that position to answer for that BS from Bach. Now here's the thing. Here's where it gets kind of kind of crazy, right? I said I wasn't gonna do this, Jacob, but I'm gonna do it. All right, I'm gonna try <laughs> to talk some logic here. <laughs> Uh, David Bakhtiari's brother put a tweet out and put F around and find out. Now, he also – it was a quote tweet talking about the major injuries. Immediately, people said – and in the the comments, everybody was like, what does this mean? It's been eight hours. You need to tell us what you mean by this, thinking he's protesting, right? Um, And what he was referring to, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but I feel like he was referring to, hey, look, all these injuries of these big-name players continue to happen because you won't change turf to grass, F around and find out. That's what I took the best. But, hey, I'll tell you this, we'll know what in three weeks, if he plays on turf or not, right? Because we're at Lambeau this week. We're, we're at Lambeau the next two weeks. Then we go to Vegas that's on grass. So it would actually be the fourth week. Where are we at four weeks from now after Vegas? Uh, we got our bye
1: And then, yeah, it'd
0: be the Broncos.
4: Broncos.
1: grass, right?
0: That's grass also. So here's the thing, here's my thought. Either way it sucks. Whether <laughs> he's not whether he's not playing because it was turf sucks cuz he's not on the field. Whether he's not playing because his knee is swollen again also equally sucks and he's not on the field. So both things can be true. <laughs> they all suck. <laughs> and they all and they all suck, yeah. Make <laughs> sure oh, chat
4: so this JC Latham season yeah, yes, he's hung out on that guy. Yeah. He
1: wants that dude. That's that's.
4: I love that's it. Guy, you notice it's multiple players too. No matter what the topic is, Jake Shavit has yes. a player from <laughs> It's always draft season podcast, and he goes, "Hey, look, guys, you might want to look at this one right here coming up this April." I'm just saying that's
0: that's why Jake loves the Pack man because the Packers fix issues via the draft, right?
4: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Lee eighty six says won't have turf until week twelve. I think. Now think about that. With that being said. And if Bach is nervous about playing on turf, kind of makes sense for him not to play in Detroit. Now, there's people going, I don't care. He needs to be playing, blah, 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 blah. Guess what Elton Jenkins said today? That the MCL sprain, his foot got stuck in the turf. Now, people were going, what does that mean? People have been playing on turf forever. Guys, this new grass turf, the heavier the player, their cleats get stuck in the backing of the turf. It's, it's proven fact. That's why Bach is so animated about it is because the statistics show that there are more knee injuries on turf than there are anywhere in, you know, than grass. Now immediately people go, well, look at the Detroit lions player that tore his ACL on grass the other day. We're not saying it can't happen on grass. They're simply saying more on turf. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And Josh Martin says Vegas is turf. I would love to get an answer to this. Because someone yesterday, Josh, the reason we said it was grass, someone in the chat said that Vegas is actually grass that they have indoors. Um, but I would, I would like to like get a get confirmation it. on that. We well, need to get
1: on that new stadium. I would really,
0: what, what is, you know. is that? What is it? Uh, uh, Allegiant, what is the name of their stadium? Uh, it looks like the Devil's Lair is what it looks like, though. Yeah, I mean, or I don't know, NRG Stadium. no, not NRG Stadium. That's uh somewhere else i can't think of the name of the venue but i'm wondering if they do something similar to arizona where it's brought in and out
4: the, yeah, there
0: the, you go. The, brought in and out
4: that's what carly ray's saying she says vegas is grass they roll it out during the week so and it's just like go. arizona right but they do that so
0: carly's always on top of it oh, yeah, they got it
4: no doubt our listeners add, add intelligence to this show i promise Yep. <laughs> We're just here going through the motions. Let's do this. Tim, you you actually uh, mentioned in our private chat about an article that Rashawn Gary was uh, mentioned in. Do you, you care to hit on that a little bit?
0: Yeah, we can do that. This is uh, Sean Devaney, uh, heavy.com slash sports. Um, real brief article just kind of talking about, uh, let's see, the headline is Packers veteran. Rashawn Gary has stern message for rookies after tough loss. Uh, I'll go right down to the quote here. Uh, the message for the young guys this week is to watch how the vets work and watch how uh, we attack this week. Rookies are going to find out, Gary said in a postgame locker room on Sunday. Uh, and then they also asked him about, uh, let's see, Gary was hardly panicking over faulty execution that cost the Packers time and time again in Atlanta. Quote, what week is this? Rashawn asked week two, we got so much football left to be played at the end of the day, we have to be critical of ourselves in all three phases and come back next week at home and show out. That's it. Put it together. What we know, play good. That's it. So what I gather basically from, you know, this is kind of a semi clickbaity headline here, stern message for the, for the rookies. Basically what Rashawn's saying is I'm going to lead by example. Uh, Devon Dre is going to lead by example. Preston Smith's going to lead by example. The, the, the veterans on this team and on this defense are going to lead by example. You youngsters need to pay attention. And that That's what I'm gathering uh, from all of this. And this is not absolving himself of any blame when it comes to his own execution. So I think this is Rashawn's message to the team saying, Hey, I'm the first one to admit that I messed up. You know, the rest of us need to do that too. And we have to change our approach because you know hey tomorrow's tuesday already and you know the saints are marching in and uh, we got to get ready for another game so i just think that speaks highly of him as a leader um and again you know with our concerns on the defensive end you know uh, defensive end of the ball it it really uh i i personally believe it, it starts on the field you know some people believe it starts in the booth it starts with the coaches Man, you've seen time and time again teams that, that really do have terrible coaches that still find a way to win games because these players unite and refuse to lose ball games. period. So I think it starts with the players, and uh, seeing Rashawn step up like this is not surprising, but uh, I believe it's right on time and uh, gives these guys some clarity here as we get ready for the Saints. Yeah,
4: and Clint Green in the chat says, love it. I completely agree, Clint. You, you need people to step up like that. And what I love is you can tell Gary's not going, y'all need to play better. He's going, we need to play better. It starts with me. He You know, he was one that underperformed yesterday too, right? Um, yep. Like I said, he, he broke contain a couple times, but I love that someone's stepping up. You know, something else Ryan mentioned, uh, first of all, Josh Martin in the chat said, it's turf for UNLV games, my mix-up. No worries, Josh. Appreciate you uh digging into that for us. Well,
0: that's interesting.
4: So, <laughs> very interesting
0: now what are we supposed to think by the way shout out to uh clint green too, my buddy he was uh we hung out a few times at camp over the summer awesome. uh, he, he photobombed my my picture with quay walker this year so that's how we met <laughs> so uh i'm glad uh clint's tuned in man that's
4: yeah, cool no doubt. um so yeah something that ryan mentioned on his podcast was uh that it was being reported that in the locker room after the game, the positions were huddled up and they were kind of, you know, taking everything, you know, kind of taking it upon themselves to kind of get this thing right. Like it just seemed like there was more accountability. Jacob, did you listen to that on Ryan's podcast this morning where he talked about that? Do you remember hearing that?
1: I did. Yeah. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I, agree with it. And um sorry. Oh no. Sorry. I'm just looking at Jake Shane. Just said that the chub just got carted off that's not great any really <clears throat> sorry about that uh, yeah I, I did listen to that and Ryan brought up a lot of great points uh, if you guys haven't listened to that podcast there's there's some there's some good stuff in there um, and what's really cool is that if you look at like with Chevak Ryan JJ myself Clayton uh, one thing that we talk about on this podcast and this network is that we don't always agree on anything and everything and, and most of the times we actually if you listen to the different podcasts you're gonna get different perspectives on stuff so I, I just think that that's if if we were all saying the same thing, I wouldn't listen to us, you guys. I mean, to be honest, nope. we just, that means that we're talking. It's like uh, whatever. Yeah, we don't we don't get into it. But um um, it's like if there's a script, then you should be wary of what the script is and who's writing it. And if you guys got if you have guys that are kind of going off the cuff and having their actual opinions, I mean, you look at what we got in the chat. Like like Clayton says. I mean, Carly Ray, holy lord, she's got a, a lot of information. I wish I never gave her that book recommendation. But <laughs> I'm playing here in fantasy football. You look at guys like even uh, with Goose and, and and obviously with Tim and and so. Anyways, I I don't mean to uh, veer off track there. I just um, it's cool. It's cool listening uh, because Ryan does Ryan does do a different perspective on a lot of things, especially what did we talk about Clayton? Where um, definitely the Joe Berry thing. I think we have a difference of opinion on. It seemed oh, like. Yeah, no doubt. Today, Ryan was more of the of the fact of, like, you know, you got to – the buck stops here kind
0: of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways. Which we alluded to, both can be true. You exactly. know, guys guys can play like booty cheeks, and our coordinator can have issues at the same time. And yeah. let's, uh, let's hope it's not both. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean – Even if it is or it isn't, I mean, there's, there's issues. And this goes back to the comments I had last night when we were, we were kind of talking about the offense, but really in general, it's like, will we see changes made? Will we see changes in personnel? Will we see changes in uh, rotation? We talked about rotating in more. Uh, I don't, I didn't see a lot of that. Uh, Are we going to see a change in uh, play call uh, situationally? You know, we're not going to throw, scrap and throw away the entire defensive playbook, but maybe we can dig deeper into it. Maybe we keep it more vanilla when we need to. Um, but, you know, like you said, Clayton, I don't think we were doing anything super complex out there yesterday. Um, I didn't see many twists, stunts, you know, things like that. But I guess my point is, is that, you know, yeah, both can be true. Neither are problems we want. Both should be corrected. What what are the steps necessary to do this? Is it is it some of the things I mentioned? Is it a little bit all of the things I mentioned? That's that's where my head goes when it comes to this whole thing.
4: Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) And there's enough there's enough blame to go around, you know. And you know, like Ryan was saying earlier, and he and I, if I don't want to, I don't want to speak out of turn here, Uh, Jacob. You correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like Jake, or I feel like Ryan, last year. Wasn't on the fire Joe Barry train. This no. year, he seems to be a little more on the "Hey, look, something's got to change," right? Oh, would,
1: um, sorry. In ahead. addition to that, though, he acknowledges what he said. He's like, and this is going to start another perpetual motion where you get a first guy, you say it's his first year, we got to give him time, and then we have Booty, and then the second year, well, it's the guys they got to get into that second year groove. Now they're finally learning the defense and they're learning the scheme and then you go into the third year it's time to fire them. and then boom repeat and now here we are we've had like you talked about dom caper's freaking mike petten um every guy in between it's just we need to at some point say these guys need to play ball like if these these people would not be in the position they are if they weren't talented enough to be in the NFL i just i don't believe that's a thing you know there's there's maybe your guys like your <laughs> Your Luke Getzies, or guys that maybe have been gifted positions because of who they know, not what they know. But all in all, I would have to imagine that the bulk of the people have at least cut their teeth knowing what they're talking about. So,
4: right. Yeah, and and again, it, when I watch the tape, I don't see a flawed scheme. I just don't see it. I don't. When I when I turn on the tape, I see players in position to make the plays, and they're not making the plays. Now, that's when you get into is Joe Barry a good coach, right? is he coaching the guys up to make those plays? That can be a separate thing too, right? Um, again though, if you're if you're a uh, the highest paid cornerback in the league and you drop an interception or refuse to tackle a running back on the edge, I'm sorry, I'm not putting that on the DC. Oh. I'm not saying what is Joe? Joe Barry needs to do better. Joe Barry needs to 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 basically motivate Jair Alexander to want to tackle against the run or to pick that pass off. Jacob, I'm assuming that you've seen the injury. Oh my lord!
1: Don't look at it. It's I not would. good. It is not good. That's some. Uh, that is some. Joe knee, name type stuff. Right knee there.
4: ankle or what?
1: Knee knee.
4: Oh god! Other way. That sucks. Good. And just for the oh. record, they're in Pittsburgh. I believe that's grass, right? Is that grass? Oh,
1: I think so. Yeah. Oh man, that makes me woozy. <laughs>
4: oh man. Yeah. Watch it again, Jake.
1: Oh please. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be a new segment. Uh, Jacob throws up.
4: <laughs> that sucks, man. That sucks. you hate to hear about that. Um, that's that's mm-hmm. the sport, man. That is the sport. Oh, right. they get
1: paid millions of dollars guys because they're literally putting their lives on the lines when they absolutely
4: go and people go oh they get paid too much money okay yeah got
1: yeah. It. Go out there. <laughs> yeah
4: Yeah. you you strap on a helmet and run between those tackles. I know I'm not interested in it. I'm just being honest mm-hmm. so, um, all right, let's get ready to wrap this thing up. We got some parting thoughts here, Tim, what you got before we go, bud?
0: Uh, I guess I'll touch on uh, I don't know if you got our showers uh, comment. Last that he put up there about uh, Rashawn, um, not trust, not not trusting the knee. Um, There there we go.
4: Our shower said, "Did Gary look tentative to anyone else?" A little bit, yeah. He said, "Uh, "I am worried that he doesn't trust that knee." Go ahead, Tim.
0: And and, and I, I agree. I'm I'm not worried though. I think it's part of this. I think uh, any one of us in our daily lives, if we had that type of uh, injury and a surgery that you know, the months following, it's a lot of time trying to get used to how that feels. Just walking, let alone running, cutting, tackling, smacking into guys. Um, so I, I'm not worried, but I would definitely agree uh, that I don't think he fully trusts it yet. You can really see that on some of those plays, too. Like when he was in pursuit, he just didn't quite look like the Rashan. That we're used to seeing, you know, kind of losing his footing, turning and and cutting. I think it's going to come with time and snaps as they build up, and maybe uh, you know, give him a little bit more freedom. Um, but I definitely think that is a that is a true observation. I I, I would agree. I, I mean, not worried at all. I don't think he's, I don't think he's on the backslide. I don't think he's had a setback. I just think that this is part of uh, Rashawn's process here to getting back to being a hundred percent. You know, like you guys talked about that earlier, you know, this isn't, you know, Pop Warner, we talk about missing tackles and missing plays or, you know, giving up contain on, on the edge when it's your assignment. I mean, the this is like his first action in a, in a while, you know, he didn't see any snaps during the preseason. He didn't have any, you know, Chicago was the training wheels game and that's over with. And, and now the season rolls on. So I think, you know, we're all going to keep an eye on Rashawn, but I think we should, uh, kind of kind of calm calm down our worries a little bit um the guy is a rehab monster he takes his workouts seriously probably probably the most serious of anybody on that team um so that's certainly a guy who's not going to slack so um let's just keep an eye on him and pray for the best with Rashawn.
4: yeah i think it's going to take a little time to get back to 100 percent. didn't have a good game not going to deny that but uh i think i think there may be a little something to that showers for sure um I just seen the injury by accident, and you were right, Jacob. It's um, bad. About about threw up my Noki on my on my shoe. <laughs> oh no! It was bad. It was really oh, bad. Oh Noki. Yeah. <laughs> the G Ooh. starts with a G. Gotcha. Uh, All right. Can All right,
1: I? Uh, anything
4: else, Jacob? What you got? I was
1: boss? just gonna say, uh, per that note right there, Casey Ullman brings up a good point: Taylor to the Browns, as in uh, Jonathan Taylor, that now looking very um possible i was also going to say kareem hunt gets a weird signing to the browns but they have a guy a backup named jerome Ford, who's pretty darn good so uh the other thing i was going to comment on what was i looking at yeah uh musgraves casey's talking about how musgraves is going to have a lot of huge games i really do think that that is going to be it and also uh our shower saying that he thinks that you know he just wants Gary to be okay i i really do he's the heart and soul of this last thing i'll say real quick if you guys remember that that um late in the game there was that um I don't remember what exactly the route you'd call it. LaFleur call it a circus route where Romeo, he claims it wasn't an overflow by love, uh, overthrow by love. He said that Romeo cut that route off that he undercut the route and that love actually plays the ball perfectly. So if you guys want to start saying, you know, any sort of thing about love can't com- compete in the, in the back end of the game. It sounded like that it was a Dobbs thing where he cut that route. Do you know what a circus route is off the top of your head? I just, he's threw that out there like as if it was common knowledge. Um, but he said a circus route to Romeo. I
4: would have to see it. If you could find a timestamp of the play around, oh, yeah. around when it, was. We'll tomorrow. it um, And it may be – I've got a chalk talk keyed up, so it may be in that. Yeah. Okay. That was it, though. I've never heard the term circus route. Now, there's a circle route, but I'm sure there is a circus concept. There's there's so much stuff now, man, and everybody uses such, term, such different terminology and everything. You know, I had somebody come at me the other day and say, that's a rail route. That wasn't a wheel route. And I'm going, what's the difference between a rail and a wheel? They couldn't tell me. I know <laughs> the answer, but I asked just to see if they knew. I'm like, it's a wheel route, right? With a rail route, you've got two points you could throw it. What I said was I called it a flat. I called it a diagonal six route combination, which is exactly what a flat and a deep dig is. There's your diagonal six. And then he wheeled it off. Okay. So you wanted me to say rail. Got it, Chief. Appreciate <laughs> you. Like, unbelievable, man. Uh, it's like, can we not just watch football, talk about it, and have a good time? <laughs> I don't understand. I do not understand. Um, Carly Ray said, for those interested in the Nick Chubb injury, uh, it looks like his lower leg was hit with lateral force and either snapped his tibia or his fibula. You oh, um, um, oh, said Nick Chubb's knee literally imploded. Oh, and Jake oh. Shabink immediately oh, changes okay. the subject and goes, hey, Cam Akers to Cleveland.
0: <laughs> wow. So not Mason Crosby.
4: <laughs> Carly Ray says Clayton, he couldn't answer because in your awesome accent, both words sounded the same. There's <laughs> <Probably, laughs> wow. some truth. To that. Oh, that's funny. There's some truth to that. Um, oh, all right, and then Goose Goose explains the the uh, route here. He says circus route involves an elephant. Never mind. Why did <laughs> I <was getting laughs> <to> read that? <laughs> <laughs> God this is such a
1: nice man, and then all of a sudden he throws out these zingers, bro. I
4: know it, man. I know it. We were on a roll, too, man. We were rolling smooth. And I, I the one time I trust Goose to throw this <laughs> cat up there. I got a mighty. Oh, no. We got a new member. We suck we again. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we do have a new member. Look at that. All right. Newest member of the YouTube uh, PTA Posse. Mark. Hey, look with this one. Mark, last name.
0: Mark, welcome.
4: This this is where <laughs> I would say, I would say, Mark, <laughs> Mark K to the PTA posse. We've got another member too that I wanted to give a shout out to, Mr. Don Welsh, newest member of the YouTube member, uh, the uh, PTA posse. Appreciate you guys joining the group. And Mark, you'll be entered into giveaways this year. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, with that last name, I know we butchered it, and we don't mean any disrespect, but people screw with live streamers so much. I'm waiting to, like, go, oh, that's what he meant by that. You know what I mean? It's one of those, like, yeah, see more butts or something like that, right? But, yeah. So here we go. Jake Shevink looked up Circus Route and got two different ones on video. (laughs) Welcome. There you go. That is diagnosing uh, today's game of football 101 out there. It just cracks me up, man. I just can't stand when people try to sound smart. It's like – and and they try to dunk on people. Well, no, actually, it's – shut up. Shut up. You're <laughs> miserable. Say you're miserable and move on, okay? Just that simple. So, <laughs> All right. What oh, is this right here? Ryan says, and Joe Barry ribs a circus defense. Runs, I would have guessed. Runs right. a circus oh, defense. Man. Yeah, Ryan. Hey. All right, buddy. We're out of here. We're done. Cutting everybody <laughs> off. And I'm going I'm to hit y'all with this one more time. Here. Stay
1: off the damn weed. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> All
4: right. Guys, want to thank y'all for hanging out with me. We went way over, but this was fun, man. This was fun. We yeah. got we got our very first Jacobs conspiracy corner. Love I it. Problem. We'll have more of that coming in the, in the near future. I want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat. Thank y'all. <laughs> Damn it, Goose. <laughs> Amanda kiss and hug. <laughs> there it is.
0: A classic. Uh,
4: yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, so, uh, Tim, Jacob, thank you all for your time. Everybody in the chat, thank you so much. I want to give a, a special, special shout out to all of the super chats for sure. Um, Cody Newberg, uh, we got Josh Martin, and uh, obviously the newest member, Mark, and then the other member that was earlier today, Don Welsh. Thank you guys for supporting the stream it was fun chatting with y'all and um yeah prayers for nick chubb man he seems like just a, an awesome football player that likes to uh he's gonna play the game the right way you know and uh
0: well, well said clayton remember remember remember: these guys are, are people first football players second so
4: absolutely,
0: you don't want to yeah. see anybody that's an on the job injury at the end of the day that's what that is and it can happen to any any one of us out there so uh Definitely say your prayers for uh, Nick Chubb because that that sound I didn't see it and I'm not gonna watch it at least not voluntarily. But that sounds like a career ender. So let's uh, let's keep positive vibes for him,
4: Jacob. It's an injury. It's not funny. I know what you're laughing. at. I'm not at laughing. That. I'm laughing. So at I go, it. I, go to, I go to click on Nick the Realtor's thanks guys comment, and as soon as I go to click on it, it refreshes and Goose topped in another name, and it flashes <laughs> up on the screen trying to get me canceled over here. Uh, oh man. yeah, yeah. Char- oh, Carly in here trying to add some intelligence back into the show. Chubs, Chubbs, Chubbs, Chub, Chubs. I immediately thought of uh, from from uh, <laughs> I pretty sick him with that hand going. I took my hand off.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> he said, "Bastard <laughs> took my hand, but not before I took his eye." <laughs> Made of
1: wood, real sturdy. <laughs> Ooh, Carly, the yeah.
4: Chub Chubb could have torn his MCL and LCL. It didn't look like he was in a ton of pain. Almost tried to get up. Yeah, that was the thing too on the cart. He looked like, okay. like he was sitting on the couch watching TV, but he's a tough son of a gun. We'll, we'll take
0: a we'll take ligament tears over broken bones all day, in my opinion. Just lesser of two evils.
4: <laughs> this is unbelievable. So Goose's name that he put in here, and then R. Showers said, Was that the kicker? Was that the Falcon's <laughs> kicker? No, it was not. All right, we're out of here. You guys are out of control. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go encourage somebody, guys. Get out of the house. Touch some grass. Make this world a little bit better place. Y'all have a great day. As always, go Pack Go. It's the power sweep.
1: Actually, it's the the lead play in our our offense.
4: Got to tackle. Take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, you drive down the first man to inside. We pull back and jam
1: him. We take the first man outside, young man. No one shows. Go right by this and seal right inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, that's inside. the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. So look at this play. we we'll are be trying to get? Him a seal here and a seal here and try to run this way in the alley.